Welcome to the Warriors of Education podcast, bringing you heartwarming and real conversations with teachers on the front line of education from across the country. I am Karen Sarah Watson, and I am a teacher. This podcast is for those who want to better understand the experiences of today's teachers. Come join us. Welcome to the Warriors of Education podcast. Today, I'm honored to have Lori Burris here. She's all the way from Oklahoma. Lori, tell me just a, a thank you for coming on the show, first of all. I really appreciate it. And tell, me about, your, tell me about yourself. Tell me where you teach, uh, what grades you teach, how long you've been teaching, just all about yourself. It would be great. Well, this is my 29th year in education. I am a special ed educator, or I should maybe I am an educator of special needs children. Um, most of my time was spent in middle school. I started out in the elementary school and then moved to middle school, which, you know, they're all little special needs in middle school, <laughs> but yeah. they're great. Um, uh, I have, this is my, uh, I have spent the last eight years as a release time, full-time release president for my local union. Um, so, uh, I haven't been in the classroom for eight years. Um, and so, you know, just doing, um, you know, keep trying to keep our local activated, you know, the walkout two years ago, it, it kind of set some things on fire and people became more, um, uh, I would say a little less service oriented and more organizing, you know, in, in looking at at bigger picture than, you know, just working conditions all the time. And, you know, we're looking more at, you know, some racial and social justice things, especially with the walkout. And now during the quarantine, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of inequities have come out about, you know, with, with not, but, but not only with our students, but even with some of our teachers, you know, trying to do some of that and maybe not having the tools that they necessarily need to be able to, um, you know, deliver instruction. And granted, it's the end of the year and it's kind of more enrichment, but, you know, we're looking at, we still don't know what August will look like when we're supposed to start school again. So, yeah. Well, tell me about, I, I want to hear about the um, walkout a couple years okay. ago, because you guys were in the news, and I'd love to hear about your story, um, about how you were involved in that, and what the reason was for the walkout was, and it, I would love to hear about that. Um, well, I think a lot of it was, uh, you know, so many, you know, we have a no strike thing in um, Oklahoma, we're not supposed, it's against the law to strike, you can lose your job, your bargaining rights, all those things if you strike. So, um, you know, we kind of took our, um, our cue from West Virginia, uh, you know, it's like they, you know, and not only when they walked out, but then when they stayed, you know, even when their state leadership and everything, okay, this is what we're going to do. And they're like, nope, we're going to stay out. And so Oklahoma, you know, we had, we were behind 10 years in our funding. funding. And so, you know, in, and legislators, we felt a little bit like we were being, you know, patted on the head. It's like, yes, we'll go up and lobby and we'll, you know, do this day or we'll do a rally and they'll tell us these things and then they'll go back in that building and do whatever they want. So um, we kind of took our key from West Virginia. It's like, you know what, we can do this. And so locals, you know, we have over 500 district school districts in Oklahoma. Um, we only have 77 counties, but we have over 500 districts. And in just my metro area of Oklahoma City, I'm in a suburb of Oklahoma City. So um, what, you know, we, we're all in the same, really close to each other, but we're a different, different locals. So we all had to um, kind of rally around each other and say, you know, how are we going to do this? And a lot of it was, you know, we had to, to be able to walk out in that kind of mass. We really wanted to get, you know, our superintendents and our school boards on, on board with us. 
So, because um, we've done some rallies sometimes, and it was always, oh, the teachers are leaving our children behind because they're not in school. Um, and so we just came together and said, you know what, this is, we're doing it for your, for your children, for the students, because in 10 years, they have fallen behind in funding. These are the things that they don't have. These are the things that we have asked for, and you're still saying we can't get them. Um, because our state had come up with, you know, some, uh, like, uh, we had a three-year plan about, you know, increase in salary, increase for support professionals, um, increase in classroom funding. Um, and we were also working on a COLA for our um, retirees because they hadn't had one in over 10 years. So, um, you know, it was like, okay, this is it. We got to do it. So um, a lot of locals, you know, kind of had got a resolution up and we, we packed boardrooms and we asked superintendents and school boards, you know, you need to come along with us. This is your, these are your students too. And we did that. So amazing. Um, what can you tell so, me yeah. what some what some of the conditions were? Like what were you dealing with that well what we were asking for? Yeah, what were the conditions that you were asking for all this? Okay, so we we were we were asking for a um a, a ten thousand dollar raise in three years for teachers. Um and you know, because we were like 49th in the in the United States and pay for teachers. Um, you know, we were losing all of our teachers to Texas and other states around us that paid more than we did. And then we were also asking for a $5,000 raise for support professionals across the, you know, across the three years, not all at once. And um, uh, $75 million for classroom resources. What were the conditions people were working in? Is my question well, more. So like what, yeah, what were you dealing with? Because by that time we had about, because um, we had lost so many, you know, teachers were just leaving the state. They weren't, you know, it wasn't that we didn't have certified teachers. Um, we just didn't have any certified teachers that were staying. You know, they, they were they were showing us how they felt with their feet. So they would just leave. And when they left, um, that left, you know, um, we already had a, a path to alternative certification, which was a little, um, a little less than, you know, going through the whole education process to get your degree in education. Uh, but then they came up with an emergency certification that, you know, anyone with a bachelor's and that you have, you know, three, uh, at that time you had three years to take the test of whatever it was you were teaching and you could teach that. And then if you, and then if at, at the end of your two or third, your second or third year, if you hadn't passed the test, you could just go and get an emergency certification in another, whatever else you wanted to. It just, so it kind of, you know, special ed teachers were, um, very few and far between. And so we started a boot camp, uh, which is, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, Teach for America. It's like, here's your, you know, five weeks of, of planning and here you, you go be a special ed teacher. But then none of them could write IEPs or do anything. They couldn't be a teacher of record until they passed the test. Well, so we had over 1,500 at that time, about 1,500 emergency certified teachers. We now have over 3,000 emergency certified teachers who, um, you know, they've, uh, if they don't pass their test in their two years, they, they're gone. So then we, we have that hole again. Um, you know, so we've, so we were looking for, you know, we want to keep our teachers. We have great teachers in Oklahoma. We, you know, we are one of the premier, uh, pre-K teach, uh, uh, places in America, you know, that we were the first to really do, we have, full day pre-K in our, in all of our schools in my district and almost across, you know, in, in many of the schools across Oklahoma. So 
we wanted to keep that. We, you know, we're, we're at, because people weren't going and getting the early child, they weren't going to get be teachers because they couldn't pay that back their student loan with a teacher salary. So they would just go somewhere else. So we were doing, you know, we had a teacher shortage or just a, I would not even say a shortage. It was just that nobody wanted, because we still have people that have their certification that just decide not to teach anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, understandably. And our, <laughs> yeah. And our support professionals that, you know, so many of them don't make a living wage. They can't even, you know, cover their insurance or, you know, any of those things or, you know, and, and so. What is it? What is the average that a support a a, a paraprofessional makes a supporting teacher? Well, it depends makes? on it. Kind of depends on what what level they're teaching at. Like you know, we have paraprofessionals that have a little bit of, of education that is required for them to be a paraprofessional. So, um, and it's, in, I would say average. It's about um, twelve dollars an hour, maybe to fifteen. You know, it, it's it's sad but then we have bus drivers you know and cafeteria workers and um that are not making that you know that they're sometimes their check just covers their insurance payment um and we have a lot of um uh you know our in our district my district the custodial staff is contracted out it's privatized so they're not our custodians anymore when i very first started teaching in the same district i've been there all 29 years we had our own custodial staff. You know, they were part of our, our staff and they were part of our family. And now it's privatized and sent out. So those people aren't, um, you know, they come and go so much because, you know, they're not probably being paid very much either, but we don't have to, you know, we don't do that. So, you know, so then when things get too expensive, they start looking to privatize things. You know, we're gonna privatize our, you know, we're gonna contract out our maintenance or we're gonna contract out our bus drivers. Um, so it's, you know, we looked at this year about even not having, it, having Kelly temporary services, um, do our substitutes, you know, that they would hire the substitutes and they, a couple of districts do that. Um, and so we are, my district was looking at it, which there's lots of concerns there and it's supposed to save money. I don't, I, because we just pay them a fee and then they pay all the salaries and the benefits and everything to the substitutes. Um, because we have a huge substitute problem because nobody wants to substitute either because you don't get paid very much. So. Right, right. It's a huge so that's, you know, and then we, you know, we had, we had buildings that were that, you know, the books and, and supplies that were so old, like, you know, you're still trying to um, duct tape books and they were saying, well, you know, what they wanted to give us at the beginning, it would work out to be about, you know, $75 per student because we have 700,000 students that are in public school in Oklahoma. And you know, that's like one textbook nowadays is $75. It barely covers a textbook. So that really wasn't helping us any. It wasn't getting us anywhere. Um, so that's kind of, and so people are like, you know, I said, we're not gonna be able to, you know, we, we can't do anything unless we just go, okay, we're done. You know, we're not gonna go to school. We're gonna come in here and, and make you do your job. So, and they, and they did, they passed the budget bill before the walkout started. So they thought that we wouldn't come. And so we came anyway, so because we said there were other places of revenue that you can find that can even put more money into the education system. And uh, so we came anyway, and we're there for nine days. So that's incredible. What did you get out of it? So what happened at the end of those nine days? Well, um, our our budget was we got a they did a, for the salaries they did a graduated 
salary schedule, which instead of just giving a flat, everybody across the board, $5,000 and then, you know, next year, 2,500 and then 2,500, um, they did it graduated. So, um, you know, I was, I'm a, I will say a experienced teacher. I won't say old. <laughs> experienced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds better. Yeah. Yeah. So I got money that, you know, I, I didn't do too bad for that year. It was an average of $6,100 for every uh, uh, teacher. But we also have to remember we have a minimum state salary schedule, which that's where they put the money. Well, there are many districts, including mine, that pay above that minimum salary schedule. So we had to also put in there that even if you were above the minimum salary schedule, you still got that money. Um, because it could be that, well, we already pay above that, so we only have to make up the difference of this much. And so there was a lot of back and forth with that with the state department and and with districts because some districts are saying well you know you can back out this and this and this and then they'll only get this much on their base um so it was it was still a fight because not everybody is on the state minimum salary schedule and um so that was an average of sixty one hundred dollars um our issue is so many districts is they wanted that that top, you know, that step zero, ours is step zero, your first year is a step zero. They want it to be $40,000 because we were nowhere close to that. So <laughs> we, we ways to go, um, you know, in, in many districts. And so uh, some districts that have more funding, they were trying to make it up to that 40,000. So now the districts are just competing with each other about who could get to 40,000 first. Um, and so then the, our next year, uh, we have a new we have a new governor, and um, he decided. You know, he said, "I want to give teachers a twelve hundred dollar raise because he thought that brought us up to the regional average that we would be number one in the region." Which, not quite, but you know, he thought he was close. But he didn't put it on the minimum salary schedule, so nobody was required to give it to their their teachers. So that went, that has to all go through negotiations if you're a bargaining unit, if you are a bargaining local, because not all of our locals are bargaining locals either. Um, so um, that's kind of where we are. And then this is the third year. And right now we're in a revenue failure. So, you know, with oil and gas is our big revenue generator and, you know, barrels of oil are minus something. Um, and right now our governor and our legislators are fighting with each other. Like, it's kind of like being back in middle school. It's like, well, I'm going to do this. And then, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to veto this. Well, we're not going to let you do that because you didn't talk to us about this. So, um, so this year it'll be lucky. You know, we just want to get people actually to move up the step, you know, for your year of experience, which just should be a given, but it's not. So tell me how, what, what's happening with the pandemic and the state of education in Oklahoma right now. So how are, how have you been affected by it? And what does it look I have lots like? Lots of gray for... hair. No. Yeah, we all do. We all do. I have my hat on. You don't see mine. Yes, we uh, all. <laughs> you know, That's no hair national. Paint. No we hair have paint national for two months. Hair. Yeah. We have national teacher hair right now. We all exactly, exactly. Um, you know, it it is um, because especially with my local, it it's we are not a rich district. We are, you know, we are probably. Um, you know, we are 72% free and reduced lunch in my district. So, and we have some sites that are 100% free and reduced lunch. So, you know, our first concern was that the, how equitable was it going to be for kids to, to immediately go to um, virtual learning, you know, so we have tried to come up with 
you know, there's packets you can pick up, but you know, being the president, what I hear about is, you know, that teachers are, we stop so abruptly, you know, it's just like, we're getting ready to go into spring break. And so that Thursday before spring break, they said, okay, you're not coming Friday and we don't know when you're coming back. And then it ended up being, you're not coming back. So um, we also have uh, four of our middle schools are merging into two. So we have people that are having to pack up rooms and move and, and can't go in the building for a while. And then if they go into the building, they can't have anybody that's outside of a staff person to help them. Um, so there's a lot of that anxiety and frustration, uh, you know, that's like, I can't close out my room. Um, I, you know, it, it, and then we're, you know, you know, there's professional development to do and it has to be all done, you know, virtually because nobody's going in the classroom, going to the sites. And so it is, um, you know, nobody knows about the beginning of school. So there's lots of anxiety and frustration and we're trying to, um, we try to calm that as much as we can. Uh, you know, we're, uh, I was working on today, my negotiation survey to send out to my teachers. And a lot of it is about, you know, what's it gonna look like when you go back? You know, what, what do you need to feel safe going back? And so, you know, I don't, I don't know what that looks like. And it, it is, uh, you know, teachers are, you know, missing their kids, missing their students, but they're also trying to be teacher, mother, caregiver you know, wife, you know, whatever, you know, all at the same time. And, and they've noticed that towards the end here, you know, less kids are getting on their Zoom calls and the less kids are turning stuff in um, because we just kind of did enrichment since it was the last quarter. Um, but starting back to school, you know, if we start like this, we can't do that. You know, we have to teach school. We have to, you know, get kids um, learning and going forward. Uh, we also have a virtual charter school in Oklahoma, and we have one in our district. They've opened a, a site in our district where they, um, uh, it's a privately owned, uh, it's called Epic, and uh, it's virtual, but they, the teachers will also can meet with their kids. And they used to always meet in like libraries and things like that, but they kind of, some sites have popped up um, across the state, and our district happens to have one in the middle at a, one of our old schools that wasn't, um, had been closed for a long time and our our community college owns it so um you know they they pay their teachers a whole lot of money so we were losing teachers and now we're losing some kids and now people are saying well this is what we're going to do anyway we might as well switch over and go to you know somebody that's already been doing it because we seem to be you know because we're just learning so, so you guys so the public school is is you're working with the charter school no we're not they're just there and so they yeah, they have taken, because um, uh, even before the pandemic, they were, they had gotten teachers um, mailing addresses and had mailed out to all the teachers, um, like, come work for us, uh, postcards. You can't see it. I'm shaking my head right now. I know. Because I just, <laughs> it, it, this, this is not surprising me. We have right. issues with the charter schools and yeah. public schools in New York. So I'm not surprised. No, it's just, it's, it is, so it's like, okay, so if we lose students to them, then we have less funding, and so then it becomes, do we become a, you know, a bigger gap between the equability, you know, the equitableness of teachers and students if we, even if we get started correct, you know, like back in our physical sites, you know, what happens if we have a spike again and we go back, are we ready? Um, 
And so it, in some of it, there's a pull, I think, between districts and, and local associations about, you know, what's fair and what can you expect of your teachers? Yes, we know that we're working and we're getting paid and we appreciate that. Um, but we're also doing it under conditions that are not like any other that we've ever seen before. Even like the walkout, we knew that we hadn't had funding. We, you know, we had we'd bought all of our, you know, we'd always bought things for our classrooms. We'd always done those things and we can still lobby and say, you know, you need to put more, you know, money in the classroom and pay more teachers more and all that stuff. But this is totally something that we have never imagined or never experienced. So it's kind of like, you know, we have to learn from other people that are doing it before us, which, you know, we're trying to do, but sometimes districts are like, well, we get to make the decision because we're the administration. So now we're trying to get, you know, to make sure that we have people on board to like say, if that's not right, you know, then what are you willing to do in your district? Cause every district's different because my district may do something great and another one might not, but we need to support each other. But um, are the districts working together or do you finding that it's like, everybody's like climbing to the top together. Like everybody's trying to get what they need. I don't, I don't see, I mean, I, I have a group of, because like I said, we're all very close to each other, the, you know, the areas and the districts. And I have a group of about five um, local presidents that are released time like I am. Um, and we seem to be all over the place. You know, this district's doing this and this district's doing that. Um, district is doing it better. So it's, it is, uh, it's, I don't know if they're trying to be like, look, I did it better than you or I, you know, because I know that they all talk to each other because my superintendent will tell me when we have a meeting that, um, you know, when my superintendent's meeting today, I'm like, well, okay. But we don't, I don't know why we have to seem like we're in these little pods by ourselves. We're all in it together. So why don't we try to get something together? Which sometimes I would, I would hope that my state association, my state union would do that, but that doesn't always happen. And we're not getting it nationally from our secretary of education. Oh, so well, it, that, I know that's funny that you would, that you would give her a title. Cause I have other, <laughs> I have other words for her and that's not them. But I'm but, saying yeah. like, it's not, it's coming. It's it, we're not getting it from the tippy no. tippy top. We're no. getting division everywhere we go. Mm -hmm. So here we yep. have teachers who all that we want to do is work together. I mean, right. New York should be working with Oklahoma. We, we should all right. be working on a similar, a, yeah. a similar plan. But yet we're all, I, that's what I mean. I feel like we're all trying to crawl mm -hmm. to the top and, yes. and make it on our own. And I feel like New York City is its own pod and Oklahoma mm -hmm. has its own pod and West Virginia. And where, as opposed to having a national education standard, right. we don't have any unity. And I think that is just, it's killing teachers. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and at that level, Secretary of Education and the U.S. Department of Education, I don't think there's any leadership, but I'm not sure they have leadership above them either to you know to go that direction um i know that because when this kind of started here in oklahoma we were reaching out to like washington state because they had already they were already in the midst of it and had done some things and they were out a lot longer than we were and then you know i've talked to people in um kentucky and massachusetts and west virginia and so but it's like you said we're all doing something but we're, we don't have any direction of where we need to go from the top you know and maybe that's when we said okay so then we'll just have to do it the locals will just have to do it but then it's still not 
it's just us. It's like, well, what are those people doing that, you know, that are 10 miles down the road or 30 miles down the road? Why don't we have, you know, it's, we're not bringing people together because, you so know, I, what do we, so where do we go from here then? So where do we go from here? You know, Karen, I think that what I would like to see is, um, and I don't know how this would happen, um, but I would like to see leaders, legislative leaders, union leaders, actually talk to teachers, people that are actually doing it, people that are actually sitting there going, you know, because the people that are, even at the superintendent level, the, you know, the local superintendent level, it's been a long time since a lot of those people have been in a classroom. It's been a long time since I've been in a classroom. I would never say, well, you guys should be doing this because I have no, I have found out that I could probably never go back into the classroom. I will have to retire from this job because it's just so different now. And with all the, you know, the technology and, you know, my district's not one-to-one. -one. Some districts are, some districts aren't. So if you've got a kid that doesn't have a tech, doesn't have a computer, or you've got a teacher that lives out in, the, in a rural area that has no Wi-Fi, and your answer to them is, well, just go drive into the school and sit in the parking lot and teach, you know, send out to your kids or have a Zoom call for your kids or go do this PD online. That, that's not, you know, and granted, it might be three people, but that's those three people, that's important to them. So, but nobody's asking the teachers. It's like they have to, it's like we're going through too many channels. Like, okay, my teachers will come to me. I'll go to my superintendent. And so it's like, why isn't someone just saying, you know what? This is what teachers say. We're going to sit down. The task force should be teachers. Hallelujah. Yeah. You know, I'm a task force of doctors for the pandemic, which, you know, some people think that they don't know anything, but whatever. So like, yeah. You do. But yeah. So it's just, we're never asked. And, you know, it, and I think that was part of the walkout two years ago and seeing how we're going to come out of this is, you know what, you've got to start talking to teachers. The communication has to be that you have to collaborate with them. They don't have all the answers and they don't know all the things that you know and you don't know all the things they know. So why don't you come to get, why don't you ask them what would work? Instead of doing something like, oh, that didn't work or having, you know, pushback or whatever, just ask. That's all, I mean, how easy is that? And it's like, it's too simple. We can't do that, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that is the solution is mm -hmm. let's get some teachers in higher levels and listen to what the teachers are asking. And I think yes. that says everything about what needs to be done right now. Mm -hmm. And I can only hope that we here in New York, they, um, Governor Cuomo, Cuomo brought on um, Bill Gates. Oh God, no. To be the, um, to be, to reimagine education mm -hmm. and Hasn't he already done that? No, people who do not know um, educate like what's going on with teachers. Um, nobody's asking a teacher. Right. We're asking Bill Gates, who's not yeah. a teacher. He it never he has not, been. He, he should not be reimagining education. Mm -hmm. We need educators to reimagine, and and right. I can only hope that someday, when we get the right people in office, mm -hmm. that someone's going to turn around someday. And I hope for you and for me and for <laughs> teachers everywhere mm -hmm. that someone says. Let's get an, a, an expert who is an educator mm -hmm. up here and making these decisions. And right. I think that's something that we all need right now. And, yeah. you know, I'm so, I'm, you know, just to wrap it up, I, I, we really need to hear these stories. And I think that's mm -hmm. what people really need to hear is that people like you who are just working so hard 
to make a difference for teachers, to make it a better working environment. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have so much admiration for what you did, your walkout in Oklahoma. Everybody, everybody in the country were watching you. We were all, mm -hmm. wore our red for you <laughs> when it happened in, here in New York City. We were all pulling for you. And mm -hmm. so it's an honor to be able to talk to you and also let you know that you did make a difference for teachers everywhere. And when you. you don't feel like you're making a difference, just know you are making it, you are making a difference. And we just got to keep working and we got to keep talking and we got to keep getting our voices out there. So. Well, Karen, I'll let you know too, at, at the walkout, it was a good talking about getting people in office. We had um, more people because the um, filing period opened while we were on our walkout and we were all at the Capitol. So we had more educators file for office. And now we have, um, and you know, right now that we have a Republican uh, majority uh, legislature and a Republican governor, but we have um, some educators and they've, they've formed the educator caucus. There's about 25 of them that are in office that were, that were former educators that ran for office and won. So they, they do have those conversations and they do reach out. They're just a small number. So, you know, to hopefully we can grow that number and not just in Oklahoma, but in other places too. Good. And that's really great to hear. Well, thank you for your work. Thank you for being on the thank podcast. You. I'm, I'm sorry really... it took so long. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> We're teachers. We're, We're teachers. We figured it out. Exactly. exactly. We just right. have to like figure out that time to get together. So thank that's you right. so much, Lori. I really appreciate thank you. it. And, um, and thank you for being on the Warriors of Education podcast. We wish yeah, you the thank best. Thank you. This has been the Warriors of Education podcast dedicated to all the hardworking teachers across this country. We hear you, we see you, we honor you. Thank you.